as we look at the, the gift of Pentecost and the power and presence of the Holy Spirit this morning. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit's activity in the Old Testament, how God chose to work through particular people at particular times for particular purposes and tasks, but it was often just a handful of the leaders. Uh, but as you get to read and look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament shows us two things. One, God is faithful, and he's a God of hope. The second thing, though, is, is though God is a God of hope, we often are unfaithful and only find ways into brokenness and rebelliousness and disappointment. And so, as Moses discerned thousands of years ago, our hope is for God to become more active and more involved in the world, especially through the gift of his presence and the gift of his Holy Spirit. And so, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, uh, the disciples were seeking the Lord together. They were going to the temple regularly. There was about a, a regular group of 120 of them. And as the day of Pentecost came, they were worshiping together in the temple area. And in this area um, on Pentecost, Pentecost is one of the three primary holidays for the Jewish people, besides Passover and the Harvest Festival or Yom Kippur in the fall. And so it was a special occasion. It was a day when they welcomed the first fruits. They welcomed the new strawberries on the strawberry vine, the new tomatoes that had just turned red, the corn that was ready to eat, and the grain that was ready to be plucked. This was the season of receiving the very first fruits of God's gifts. And in a similar way, it was appropriate that God gave us the first fruit of his spirit on this special day. And so we pick up in Acts second chapter where the story goes like this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. And so utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, Eh, they've had too much wine. So then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. 
these people are not drunk as you suppose it's only night in the morning no this is what was spoken by the prophet joel in the last days god says i will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams even on my servants both men and women i will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy i will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the lord and everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved this is the word of god for you and me the people of god thanks be to god let's pray together lord jesus help me lift you up and holy spirit may your wind of life and love blow through us this morning enter every heart with power and grace that we might be your true people and that you might change the world through our humble service we pray in jesus name amen brothers and sisters as we talked about last week the world is a broken place and as a broken place, it needs new energy of hope and life and joy. And Moses saw where that needed to come from. Come from the power and presence of God's Spirit. And when Jesus comes on the scene, he begins to promise that the Holy Spirit is on its way. That if he dies and the Lord raises him from the dead as he ascends into heaven... God's promise, the Father's promise, the gift of the Father will come if they'll be patient and wait and seek it together. And so on a day like this, the day of Pentecost, 120 of the disciples and apostles and family and friends of Jesus gathered together and they encountered the Spirit of the living God blowing through in a way that we say gives birth to the church of Jesus but also is, is the energy needed to transform our broken world. And so this morning, I want us to look just a handful of lessons that we see that happened 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost and also are for us in our lives, in our faith today. The first thing we see is that wind blew through the house the wind, the ruach, the spirit of the living God, as it blows through the community of Jesus. And the first principle we learn is this. When the Holy Spirit moves, the Holy Spirit loves to move among God's people when they gather together. The Holy Spirit loves to move among God's people when we gather together. And so, y'all, in my prayers every Sunday morning, uh, we have prayer partners that we pray with for our church service every Sunday. In those prayer moments, guess what I'm praying for? Holy Spirit, show up. Be active in our midst this morning at the early service, in the music, in our response, in our listening, in our living. Blow through us like a rushing mighty wind and change us from the inside out. Because we need to be a church. And we seek to be a church that lets the Holy Spirit run the show. 
as the prophet once said, you know, it's not by might, it's not by power that we get things done, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. And I believe that if, if any church is to have a future, we must embrace and cultivate a culture that welcomes the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our midst over and over and over again. And so as you gather, I pray on Sunday morning and Saturday night, you will join me in praying, Lord, let your Holy Spirit show up as we gather on Sunday. The second thing we notice in the Scriptures, though, is the Holy Spirit doesn't just work among the group as a whole, but the Holy Spirit is also for you individually. As it says, a flame of fire came and settled on each person who was there gathered together that day on 120 people, most likely. And as I said, that is the, the, the biggest expression of the Holy Spirit we have in history that we know about, biblically, until then. Last week, we looked at the second biggest, which was on the 70 elders and Moses, right? So that's like 71, 72 people. Now we have over 120 and they come upon each one individually. And so the second thing that I hope you know and believe is the Holy Spirit is here for you. The Holy Spirit wants a relationship with you. The flame of the living God, the flame of God's holiness, the flame of God's righteousness, the flame that we put next to the Methodist cross is the flame of the Holy Spirit, the flame of God's love. All those things are represented in that picture that, that we are a people who welcome the Holy Spirit to fill our lives for God's glory. Because we know that our world needs us to stay connected and grounded and empowered by the poured out Spirit of the living God. And so that's the second part. And I know sometimes some people say, well, Chris, that's fine for you. You're a preacher. You're supposed to look like you're filled with the Spirit. But I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm just a normal guy. I'm just a normal lady. I've never felt anything special or known anything of the presence of God. I mean, yeah, I come to church, but it, it just never gets too personal. And I kind of like it that way. What I'd say is you're missing out. You're missing out on the joy and the love that God wants to express to you. And he wants to be a part of your life just as much as my life or anybody else's life. The Holy Spirit has come to be available for all God's people. But we must allow that Spirit to do its work in our lives. Then the third thing I want us to notice in the story today is this. The third component is that when the Holy Spirit shows up, it is clear and evident. The Holy Spirit doesn't show up and try to stay hidden. The whole purpose of the Spirit coming among the people of God in that moment was so that the people of God could recognize and share the good news of Jesus. And it was obvious to the crowd at the temple that day that something crazy was going on among these people that were so joyful 
and having such fun it looked like they were drunk. And so it says to describe them that they were bewildered, that they were amazed, that they were wondering, that they were perplexed. They were trying to figure out what is going on today because something is definitely happening. God seems to be actively at work. Either that or it's alcohol. We can't quite figure out which. And y'all, I find it that very interesting. And just kind of on a side note, we live in a culture today that, that I think our culture is falling more and more in love with alcohol, right? Because of the buzz it gives or, you know, how it makes us feel. Y'all, you can have the, all the joy of alcohol, this says, with the presence of the Holy Spirit, without the bad effects, without getting pulled over for a DUI. And yet we'd rather have the alcohol than the Spirit. There is a presence and love and power of the Holy Spirit that is for us, that shows itself in joy, that shows itself in love, and that is, is evident when the Holy Spirit is active and at work. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, other people will take notice, not necessarily of you. Other people will take notice that God is doing something in and through you and your gifts and your love and your kindness in that moment. And that's the kind of people we long to be. Because the next part that this shares about the Holy Spirit is that y'all, the Holy Spirit comes to introduce new people to the living God. The Holy Spirit comes in particular to introduce new people to the living God. God wants to get good news out. He doesn't want us to keep it to ourselves. He wants us to go invite more kids to Bible school so that they can experience the love of Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit at Bible school. He wants us to share our faith. And we see that at work today in this scripture. A lot of people wonder, well, why did the Holy Spirit show up in a way and start talking in all these languages? Why did the Holy Spirit wind up and talk in Hebrew and Greek? Why did it come and talk in Aramaic and Egyptian? Why did it show up and talk in Akkadian and Ugaritic? Why did it show up and share in Latin and Babylonian and so many other languages? What is so important about this? And brothers and sisters, what we see here is a reversal of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel was about the Lord looking down on us and saying, oh boy, if these folks get all together and on the same page, there's no telling what bad thing they can do without me. And so I'll mess them up. I'll give them different languages. We'll send them different directions. They'll kind of have to fight among each other over themselves, but at least they won't be able to do something major wrong for a while. And so the Tower of Babel is a picture of the breakup of the world in a way that was to temper evil, I think. What we see here is the Holy Spirit now comes back and says, okay, that age is done. Now God wants to bring us back together. He wants the world to know Jesus. He wants the world to encounter God's praises and God's work and God's good news. And so right out of the gate, the Holy Spirit is going to be active. 
helping reach new people with the good news of Jesus. I think of this uh, in so many ways. Uh, This morning I shared a story about one example, and immediately uh, Samantha, uh, gosh, I can't think of her last name, Swaney, Samantha Swaney said, I've got a similar story. So for the second service, I'll share Samantha Swaney's story instead of the one I had. She said, I had a friend. We were working with YWAM together, and we were at a meeting, a prayer meeting together. And uh, as we were praying for different folks in the community, my friend was praying for this fella who was there that day. And she was praying for him in English, but eventually she started praying. She's German, so she could have prayed for him in German, I guess prayed for him in English, but she started praying in another language. The Holy Spirit showed up similar to Acts chapter 2, and she started praying for this guy, and, and when he heard what she was saying, he started crying. He started weeping. She's like, what am I saying? She's like, you're talking to me in Swahili. He was a missionary, and as a missionary kid, he grew up knowing French and Swahili and English. And he had been at a very broken place in his life where he was very down and discouraged. And the Holy Spirit used that moment in this lady to give a word of love that he would have not been able to receive any other way than to be prayed for in Swahili when she really didn't know Swahili. And that's how much you mean to the Lord. That's how much God seeks to reach out to our world, to build bridges by speaking to our heart in the language that we can receive it. I love you. You're my dear child. You're my son. You're my daughter. And some of us, we need to hear that in a different way than Jesus loves you. And the Holy Spirit has a way of finding that different way and helping people encounter God's goodness and love. And that's what God's kingdom is about. And so, and it's what we want to be about as a church too. Now, and here's kind of the active component. Rockdale County is a wonderful community. It's become a very diverse community. And we want to pray that God and the Holy Spirit would help us be a home in the midst of that diversity to be a voice that can speak people's language in a way that will speak to their heart, whether they're part of the Hispanic community or the Old Town community or a black or African-American community, that this would be a place where all people could connect with the life and truth and love of Jesus Christ in a way that is vital and life-giving. I'll give you a second example of this that uh, we heard at annual conference this week. We, we were at annual conference, North Georgia conference, and uh, it was good. We hadn't been together in three years. The last two were online, so it was great to see everybody again and, uh, and a wonderful time in that way. It was also a little bit melancholy because, as many of you know, we're going through kind of a dividing process and, and 70 churches, principally itty-bitty churches, Uh, have chosen to kind of go their own way one of which I pastored several years ago 
And, uh, and so you saw a few clergy beginning to launch in new directions. You see these churches. So, so it's kind of a bittersweet moment. But, but one of the blessings at the conference was this, that we had a fellow named Josh, who's a pastor in Carrollton among a multi-ethnic church there, come and lead us in worship. And Josh has Hispanic heritage. And he has developed a style of worship where every Sunday they make sure they sing and worship the Lord together in more than one language. He says when you worship in only one language, it's dangerous because it's not what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is about what Acts 2 shares, God's heart for every human being on the planet and the Holy Spirit's desire to speak to every human heart on the planet. And so he shared this example. He said, one time I was in a community that I'd gone there to do a special service like this, and that evening it was a community that I knew was a mixture of, uh, you know, English-speaking folks, but also Asian folks, Asian folks who maybe spoke Chinese or spoke Korean. And so over the course of the night, as they worshiped together, he brought in some, some Korean verses, he brought in some Chinese verses, and he taught everybody how to sing all that together in worship of the living God. And they wrapped up the service and had a nice evening and a wonderful time. And he said there was a teenage girl that came up to him after the service, an Asian uh, heritage young lady. And she came up to him and said, thank you for that. I've known about Jesus for years. But you know what? I always thought Jesus was for white folks. And by experiencing what I experienced tonight, I realize that Jesus loves me too. Brothers and sisters, when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in ways that that help people know that this isn't just supposed to be a, a white church. But we want to be a church for all God's people. We want the Holy Spirit to show up in ways that speak to every human heart. Rich, poor, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. And that's exactly what the Lord has promised. As the prophet Joel says, I've come to pour out the Holy Spirit on all people. Not just your sons will prophesy, but your sons and daughters. Y'all, this is 2,000 years ago. That was in an age where if you were a guy, you had a lot of power. If you were a lady, you didn't have a whole lot of power. But God had already decided thousands, actually 2,500 years ago, that there will be a day when my Holy Spirit doesn't just empower men, it empowers men and women. It empowers young and old. It empowers both the wealthy and the prosperous and the slaves and the servants. That God's presence will be at work mightily among all people so that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So brothers and sisters today, that's our hope and that's our prayer. I want to, as we close today, we're moving into communion and as we move toward communion, I want to encourage you would you be willing to pray a prayer with me lord let your holy spirit come pour out your spirit in this place and fill my heart and life and we'll pray that 
at the close of our service that the Holy Spirit might be active in whatever way it desires to be active in you and for you. As we take communion together, as we sing together, as we worship the Lord together, may the Holy Spirit show up like in the days of Pentecost. And may it not just touch us, but may it heal and save our community and world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.